The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. You betcha. Welcome to the show. We are back. Good to have you along uh, for the next hour. Our good pal Mackenzie Irwin is here, courtesy Sanfiru to Mark and LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. She will be doing all the heavy lifting, answering your questions, taking your phone calls, and enriching you and enlightening you. With uh, employment law knowledge, you have a ton of great laws on your side, but unless you know how they work, you can't use them, right? It's like that bike in your garage that hangs up on the wall. It's great, but you got to get out and use it to learn it. Employment law is the same thing. You want to email too? We'll try to get to some of those maybe a little later on if we have time. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And reaching out to Mackenzie when she's not doing the radio show. That is simple. one 855 821 5900, same email as well, help at employmentlawyer.ca. But we will get in on the show today, get into this, everything you need to know about medical leaves and some other goodies. But we always start, Mackenzie, my pal, with the uh, case of the day or the week that was. Uh, what have you been working on? Yeah, so I had a very interesting call this week with a man. He called me, he was in his, his late 50s. He'd been employed with his company for about 22 years as a customer service representative. And so, unfortunately, he was involved in a car accident and he had to let his employer know that he needed to take a couple of days off to recover from the accident. But once he returned back to work, he was experiencing a lot of headaches and difficulties with his memory. So told his employer about that and they just told him to keep working and, and let him know if, got it any, if it got any worse. Um, unfortunately, these memory difficulties he was having started causing issues with his performance at work. He was forgetting certain things with the clients that, that were calling in. And so his employer noticed these issues um, and took him aside and, and, and they gave him a choice. They said, you could either go on a performance improvement plan or they could give him a severance package for eight months pay. Mm -hmm. This obviously stressed him out a great deal because he'd spent his entire career with this company. Um, He was in his late fifties and, you know, he wasn't really sure whether he was going to find, whether he was going to be able to find a new job quite quickly. So he called me and I was really, really surprised with what his employer was doing because this was completely illegal. Employers in Ontario have a legal obligation to accommodate illnesses and disabilities of their employees. Nope. That's just, that's, that's like one of the pivots and pillars of, uh, of, of human rights legislation in Ontario. In addition, employees are protected from any form of reprisal for seeking accommodation for those illnesses or disabilities. So in other words, this employer cannot put him on a performance improvement plan for performance issues that are the result of his injury. So his memory issues are obviously related to this injury. Even more important is that the employer can't terminate him for having an injury or an illness. And I think what's most important here is that um, his employer can't give you a force you to choose between two, uh, you know, going on an unwarranted and Ill, frankly, illegal performance improvement plan or be, be terminated. That's just an impossible decision. So we're going to work with him. Um, he's going to work. We're going to work with him and, and, and his doctor to ensure that he gets the medical treatment that he needs first and foremost, and to make sure that he's able to access maybe any disability benefits that he, he may have, which would help him 
recover from this this accident. But we're also going to make sure that he receives a proper severance package from his employer. And given that he's, you know, he's in his late 50s and he's been there for 22 years, this could be up to 24 months pay, not the eight months pay that they offered him. Uh, in addition to that, there's likely here some human rights damages for the discriminatory treatment that he's received. So we're going to work with him. We're going to see see what we can do for him. And, and certainly I'm glad that he called he called me. Yeah, it's 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 still the thing when it comes to you know workplace injuries and being offered disabilities. This is still a, a, a subject. I think you'd agree, Mackenzie, where a lot of employers just don't have the knowledge and they trip and stumble, and sometimes it can end up costing them dearly from their pocketbook. Wouldn't you agree? Exactly. Yeah, it's oh. it's it is it is really interesting how often I see uh, people coming to me with these kinds of issues where it it. I mean, it could be complicated, but for, for most employers, it's just a matter of, of um, you know, speaking with an employment lawyer, realizing what your obligations are to your employees and making sure that you're um, abiding by those obligations. But certainly it happens all the time. Um, and I'm getting these kinds of calls quite frequently, to be honest. Alan, thank you uh, st- uh, for standing by patiently. How are you today? I'm doing great. Beauty. What's, uh, what's your question, my brother? Okay, so um, I uh, was uh, called into the office, and uh, I suspected uh, a termination was coming just by uh, um, different uh, uh, things happening in the office. Uh, They pulled me out of my office that I had, the corner office, put me in a workstation, and uh, hired somebody, and uh, then the meeting took place between me and my employer, and, uh, you know, they said that uh, due to restructuring, blah, 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 uh, they uh, wanted to, uh, you know, make changes and uh, provided me with a, a letter basically outlining, uh, you know, what I just said. Um, I believe the uh, severance that they uh, were, provi- were, were prepared to pay was about a month, a year. Um, my position was like senior property manager in the company. And, um, basically they said, uh, you, uh, you don't have to sign it. You don't have to accept it. But if I didn't accept it, okay, that they would be compelled not to provide, uh, as good a reference to any, uh, subsequent employer. And, uh, I thought that was a pretty you know, uh, low down do. move, you know, yeah. that they were using the reference as, uh, as, uh, whether or not, uh, you know, they would, uh, you know, um, uh, provide, uh, you know, a favorable reference if I didn't accept, uh, their terms. Wow. That's, you know? uh, that's an interesting move on their part. Alan, how long have you been working there? Uh, three and a half years. Um, and, and how old are you? Uh, well, at the time, I was 52. Okay, how long ago did this happen? Um, yeah, no, I, uh, it, it, it happened, you know, a few, a few years back, but it's always been, been bugging me. Uh, you know, uh, um, I would say it's probably been at least 10 years, okay? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately, it, because it's been so long, yeah. uh, it's, if it's been over two years, you have two years from the date that you're terminated to um, pursue a claim. But likely, um, 
a month per year of service when you've been there for three years, three and a half years, and you're in your fifties, you're, you're certainly entitled to more. Um, and I would have, you know, it's always, always a good idea to have a severance package reviewed by an employment lawyer before you accept it. Um, but certainly because it's been over, over 10 years, there's not much I can do for you, but for people, other people who have, you know, who might be in the same situation that you're, you were in and they're in that situation now, mm-hmm. um, they, employers cannot, uh, force you to sign a, accept their, their severance package on the spot. Threats like not giving them, you know, p- potentially not giving you a good reference letter, those threats are are kind of um, ta- tactics that they're using to to influence you to accept it on the spot. There's no obligation for any employee to accept a severance offer on the spot. You can always take that offer with you, take it home, uh, schedule an appointment with a an employment lawyer to have it reviewed. They should be giving you some time to look at it, um, have it have it checked out, and then. Um, whether, you know, potentially it could be a very good offer, but um, you should be, before you accept it, there should be no pressure tactics for you to accept it on the spot. So certainly what they've done here is uh, unfortunate, unfortunately quite, um, I'm sorry for, for your circumstances, but um, something that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, um, I, uh, I, I thought at the time, uh, given uh, um, the employment situation that, uh um, the reference would, uh, was 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 valuable. It, you know, it had it had some you know uh, uh, value to it, and uh, I, I just didn't know um, you know uh, what what uh, what they were, what kind of cards they were holding. You know, um, that uh, yeah. impair my ability to uh, get subsequent employment, and uh, and uh, how damaging I could be. So. Yeah, so your employer can't really. Um, so, if you had come to me way back then, um, we could certainly have gotten on the scene and helped you negotiate an improved severance package. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, I can, you know, our lawyers are always. That's always something I ask um, for my clients is for for the employer to give them a a you know favorable um, reference letter. So even though they weren't willing to give that to you on the spot, if you if you hadn't signed. Um, if you had come to me, that is something that I would have negotiated on your behalf, mm-hmm. along with an improved severance package. Mm-hmm. Certainly, if you're ever in that situation again, those kinds of um, threats, you know, if you don't sign this within a week, we're going to take it away. If you don't sign this within a week, we're not giving you a proper reference, even though obviously you, you were a great employee if they were willing to give you a good reference letter um, originally. So right. those are all things that should be red flags that if that's what your employer is doing, um, you, likely the severance offer they're giving you is not a good offer. And it's something that you should certainly be um, having an employment lawyer review. Yeah, it's almost like they're like, uh, here, uh, here you go. Here's your hat. What's your hurry? Just sign yeah. this. Get it back to us now. No, it doesn't work like that. Again, no. reaching out to McKenzie anytime. And you got problems like that in the future, 1 855 821 5900. We'll talk to you on the other side right here on the Employment Law Show. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. 
All righty, welcome back. Employment Law Show. Mackenzie Irwin is your uh, go-to person uh, this hour of the show to reach out. And beyond the hour of the show, you can always reach Mackenzie and her team, one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. By the way, any other information you need, questions possibly can be answered simply by going to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Website built on answering questions for you. The main and large topics of employment law are all listed there. Simple to use, drop-down menu and boxes. There's also the severance calculator there as well, which does exactly what it's told and uh, has done for over 2 million people who've wanted to know what their severance should be. Some of them actually need it because they were let go. Others just want to uh, find out if it ever came down that they lost their gig, how much severance they would be owed. Again, severance calculator, all this at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Okay, everything you need to know about medical leaves. Question one, Mackenzie, how long, overarching question, how long can somebody be away from work for medical reasons and what happens with their job while they're gone? Yeah, I get this question all the time. So there is actually no time limit on how long you can be away for work on a medical leave. Uh, that's a common misconception. Some people say, oh, it's been away for a year. They have the right to terminate you. That is absolutely not the case. The, the no time, there's no time limit as long as, first, your doctor agrees that you're medically unable to work. Uh, second, that you're abiding by your doctor's treatment plan. Um, and your do- the third reason uh, is that your doctor agrees that your medical condition is not permanent. And so some people call me and they say, you know, that either they're not abiding by the treatment plan or um, the doctors change their medical do- um, medical prognosis. Those are times when, yeah, you, you may have a, a obligation to go back or you need to start mm-hmm. working with your employer to go back. But there is no um, there is no time limit as long as you're you're doing all those three things. So and while you're off, um, obviously, your employer, what happens to your job? So your employer has to keep going. Um, so, it, you know, if you've been on an extended leave for for longer, you know, a longer period of time and your doctor doesn't think it's going to you're going to recover quickly, um, your, your employer has to keep going and they're going to need to hire someone to temporarily replace you. And that's really important. So they can't hire a permanent replacement um, because your job remains your job um, and while you're on this leave and you're legally entitled to return to it when you're ready to come back. So I get, I get people calling me all the time when they've been on um, a pretty extensive medical leave and they're, doc- they're, they're better, they're, their doctor's willing, you know, says they're cleared to go back to work. They contact their employer and their pl- employer has hired a permanent replacement. Right. That is Did- such a common, common situation. That permanent, uh, we're going to call it permanent replacement, unlike a parental leave, mat leave or whatever, um, when that person comes back from a disability leave, if the person that's been covering the job for you is awesome, rock star, can run circles around you, your employer can keep them in the position, but they have to try to get you a similar one within the company, right? As opposed to parental leave where your exact job is secure for when you come back, right? Uh, exactly. So, um, so certainly it's, it's, uh, they need to, in terms of what's, what job you are to come back to, they have mm-hmm. to, uh, reinstate you to a similar position with, um, similar pay hours, all of that stuff. So if, if you're having difficulties with that, if your employer is reinstating you into a position that you're not really sure is 
is legal or comparable to the one that you left, um, you should certainly be reaching out to an employment lawyer and, and having us review your situation. As far as how long you can be off on disability, do you think, or I, I imagine there's some confusion with people who aren't, uh, you know, well-educated as to what you just said. I think they get confused with how many sick days are allowed as opposed to how long they can be off disability. I think there's some confusion there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, the Employment Standards Act gives you, I think, up to three sick days, unpaid sick days, but that's totally separate and apart from if you're um, if you're suffering from medical disability that requires you to have a more extensive time off work. So yes, those are absolutely two different things. As far as uh, the reason why you're being off, does the employer have any leeway? Do they have the right to ask you for medical information, like a diagnosis or for regular updates on their condition? I know those are two different things, but how do you handle those? Yeah, absolutely. Two completely different things. So your employer does have the right to um, ask for regular updates. Um, they can't ask you for, you know, update. Let's say, for example, your doctor's note that you give uh, that you've given to your employer states that you're going to be, you know, you're medically unable to work and you'll be reassessed in three months. Your employer can't ask you for updates every two weeks. Um, so the uh, the frequency for for which they're asking for updates that's going to be really important. They can't be bombarding you with numerous requests for updates that's that's improper but in terms of what they you know if they can ask you for uh information on a diagnosis they can they absolutely cannot um ask you for your doctor to give a diagnosis for the reasons why you're unable to work you're there's a difference here so the diagnosis is you know uh mckenzie is suffering from uh depression Sure. Those are things that they cannot um, they cannot get from your doctor, but they can, however, ask um, you know if if you've been off for a little while, they can ask for medical information pertaining to restrictions or limitations that um, you might have to see if they're able to accommodate your return to work. So those um, that information, the restrictions and limitations, that's something that they can start asking about um, once you're ready to return to work. So there's different, it depends on when, where you're at in your medical leave. Um, and, and, and it also de- depends on what information your doctor is given. So it's uh, important to, de- to distinguish there. So prognosis, yes. Diagnosis, don't go there. Absolutely. That's the, that's know. the saying. No diagnosis, but they can have a prognosis. What should someone do if, I just mentioned disability, so what should someone do if they aren't approved for disability coverage like LTD or their claim is cut off? Yeah, so that also is something that happens all the time. We, um, at at my firm, we do, we also work, yeah, we have a disability law group and we have an employment law group and we work very closely together. So if, you're, um, if your insurer has, has said that either you're not approved for your disability coverage or they've cut you off, you were approved at one point, and now your insurer is cutting you off. Um, as long as your doctor supports that you are medically unable to work, you're entitled to your disability benefits. So if you've been cut off and, or you weren't approved and your doctor has said has sent numerous notes saying, you know, you're, you're, you're unwell, you're unable mm-hmm. to work at this time, you should immediately contact our office and speak to someone to either appeal the decision to cut you off or to help you get your benefits reinstated or get you on your benefits in the first place. Those are things that 
um, all of the lawyers at our firm are well versed in. Um, and this is something that we see all the time. This, you know, insurers don't want to pay you benefits. It's not in their best interest to pay you out money. So <laughs> oftentimes they're going to look for any reason to deny your application. It could just be a matter of speaking with one of our lawyers, tweaking, you know, making sure that, that you're answering question, the, the insurer's questions properly, giving them the proper information that they're asking for. But certainly you should be speaking with one of our lawyers to, to make sure that you're, you're getting instated, you're getting on those benefits because those benefits are really there for a reason. It's to give you comfort while you're um, getting better. So you're entitled to those benefits as long as your doctor supports that you're medically unable to work. And as we've mentioned so many times on this show and all of our employment law shows, Mackenzie, that half of the firm on the other side of the hall is dealing with disability matters because there's so much crossover interplay between employment and disability. That's why you guys at the firm uh, do it quite readily and really good at it. And and yeah, you got to reach out to, to Mackenzie. She'll set you up with one of her colleagues on the disability side. A few of them do both, of the lawyers do both, but... You're in good hands either way because, yeah, you know, eventually that, uh, you know, if you're on that coverage, if you've if you've received it for some time, as we cover on the Disability Law Show, as you know, eventually that appeal is going to come and it's uh, it's an absolute pant load. We avoid those at all costs because they get you nowhere. But the first step is reaching out for sure. I want to get to John, who's been hanging on for a moment. Uh, how are you, John? What's your question? Not bad, yeah. How are you? Good, sir. What's going on? Yes, I'm just calling to find out, like, um, like you work with a company and... um. You applying for your work pension, which is uh, re- you're required to get it at the time. Uh, do you have to get any severance on your pension? Sorry, so are you saying that you're retiring from your job? Yeah, re- yeah. So uh, when you retire, no, you're not entitled to severance, but you certainly should be applying for your work pension. Absolutely. Okay, I guess that's what I really want to find out. Thanks, John. Appreciate the call. Any more uh, questions can be asked. You can talk to uh, Mackenzie or a member of her team anytime for that matter, not just here on air. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca is the way you want to do that as well. We're talking about medical leaves and being on medical leaves and all that uh, all that stuff that you should know because it's a gray area with people. They, they just aren't educated, which is why we do it every so often on this show. What should an employee do when they're ready to return to work from a medical leave but their employee says, yeah, you know what? It's It's been okay without you. We're good. We don't want you back. This happens often. Yeah, so... If your employer, when you're ready to return from a medical leave, as we've kind of been discussing earlier, you are entitled to be reinstated into hopefully your previous job, if not a comparable job. Mm -hmm. And so that's a legal obligation that your employer has um, when you're finished your medical leave. Um, When you're ready, what you should do, you should work with your doctor. You need to work with your employer and you need to work with your disability insurer if, if that exists. Um, to come up with a return to work plan that's appropriate for you. And so that's when we were speaking about earlier, when your employer is entitled to uh, medical information pertaining to your limitations and restrictions. Your doctor is going to provide those limitations and restrictions to your employer. um, And your employer has to work with you. It's a two-way, it's a two-way street. So you need to be working with your employer um, to come up with an appropriate return to work plan that addresses your limitations and your restrictions. So it's not up to your employer really whether they want to return you to work. They need to return you to work. 
And if your employer is not allowing you to return to work, you should absolutely be contacting an employment lawyer so that we can discuss your options. So sometimes all these employers really need is a strongly worded letter from an employment lawyer uh, to remind them of their legal obligations to you. And then they, you know, pick up their boots and they do what, what they're supposed to do. Sometimes they dig in their heels and they say, no, no, we're not going to return you. And so in that case, um, having an employment lawyer on your side will let we, we can likely um, negotiate some sort of severance or exit package for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would also include likely some, a cl- you, you have a claim for um, discrimination because they've failed to accommodate your return to work. Do you find this is sometimes uh, the result of being off on a very long disability leave? They kind of get used to you not being around or like we mentioned earlier in the show that they found a good replacement? Yeah, almost always. It's someone who's, yeah. who, when they come to me, they've been on a pretty extended leave and their employer's just not, you know, they've, they've made, they've hired the, the, the hot new permanent re- replacement <laughs> and they just really don't want uh, to go through the efforts. And, and honestly, it is, it is a, a pretty extensive exercise making sure that you're accommodating all of the nuances of your restri- limitations and restrictions. And so, employers sometimes are lazy and they just don't want to do that. They don't want to put the work in to make sure that um, all of those um, accommodations are made. Um, And the accommodations really do need to be individualized to your specific circumstances. So it can be quite, um, you know, quite burdensome for the employer and they just don't want to do it. So unfortunately, they have a legal obligation to go through all those exercises. So uh, certainly, um, speaking with an employment lawyer, we can help, you know, either nudge them in the right direction or help you negotiate some sort of appropriate exit, exit package. We will take a short break and get back into it. When an employer cannot let you go, we'll go down that road and help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue with the Employment Law Show. Stick around. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And we're back at it. Yeah, Employment Law Show. This is the show for you for sure. If you've been laid off, you've been let go, temporary laid off, put off on a sick leave, can't come back and uh, given improper severance, you know, maybe you're a contractor, but not really a contractor. All these answers can be had on the show. We cover all the topics week to week. And the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca has so much information surrounding what we do on this show. There's reach out information there as well. And the severance calculator also rolled into that particular website but between that what an employer cannot let you uh, go when they cannot let you go uh which some of these may surprise you but we'll start working our way through these mackenzie number one you cannot be let go because you are sick and cannot work give me some details on that certainly so um if it depends on i mean you cannot be let go because you're sick and you cannot work so there are if you're you know you have a cold you have you know the sniffles and you need to stay home you have a certain number of days every year that you can have just one day unpaid sick unpaid sick days under the stat, under the employment standards act so if it's just a few days there's a statutory right to a few days off of unpaid sick leave each year now depending on how long you're sick for you may actually need to take a more extended medical leave and so there are some illnesses where obviously you need to take more than just a couple days and you are absolutely entitled to take an, a more extended medical leave um, and, and this would also be unpaid. Um, but if you have 
access to certain disability benefits, they could it could be an, a paid leave as well. So you can't be let go just because you're sick and because of your illness, you cannot work. This is likely going to be a human rights violation. Um, and your employer has a legal obligation to accommodate your illness up to the point of undue hardship. So while you're sick and you're off, you have certain rights during that leave. Um, again, as we've been speaking about all, all this morning, you do have a right to reinstatement to your same or comparable job. Um, when, once you're medically ready to go back, uh, you have a right to be free from any penalties for taking that leave. So that penalty would be if you're terminated while you're on that leave, you have a right not to be terminated. Um, and you have a right to continue to participate in your benefits plan if you have them and continue earning credit for the length of service and seniority at your job. So certainly it's a big no-no if your um, employer is terminating you while you're, because you're sick and because you, uh, of that sickness, you can't work. And again, reaching out if you have any of these issues or you want more information on them, uh, Mackenzie available, one 821 5900 How about this one? You cannot be let go if you have a drug or alcohol problem, right? That's an addiction. Exactly. So these a drug and alcohol problem is, is an addiction. It's a medical disability, and yep. it's a medical disability that's covered by under the uh, human rights legislation. So it's a protected grounds under the Ontario Human Rights Code and the, the Canadian uh, Human Rights Code. So if you have a drug or alcohol addiction, um, that medical disability is you know, similar to if you had, um, if, if you were suffering from cancer or you had, you'd been in a car accident, your employer has a legal obligation to accommodate your disability up to the point of undue hardship. And so um, if you're being terminated because of your drug or alcohol problem and your employer hasn't, um, let's say, even given you time off to attend a, re a rehabilitation program or, you know, given you certain uh, accommodations for your to help you deal with your drug or alcohol pro um, problem, that could be a human rights violation. You certainly cannot be terminated for, for having that drug or alcohol, um, that medical disability. You know, undue hardship to the point of undue hardship, but obviously a legal term, but break it down. What does that mean in layman's terms? Exactly. Yeah. So undue hardship is going to, um, it'll depend on each individual situation. So it depends on, um, you know, how big the employer is. Um, undue hardship could be, um, it's just simply too expensive for them to, you're the main employee. It's simply too, if, if they, are accommodating you and, and letting you uh, take extensive time off without without hiring that replacement, um, that would be um, too expensive or too much of a burden on a smaller company. But if you're working for a large company, um, the burden for undue hardship is is much higher. So it's it's really a situation by situation analysis, but it's essentially meaning that um, the employer has to take all reasonable um, steps to accommodate you in the situation, in the specific situation. And I guess that threshold of undue hardship increases the more, you know, the larger, the more robust the, the company is, you know what I mean? A thousand uh, employee company would have a further duty to do that than rather a mom and pop shop, I'm guessing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Uh, you cannot be let go for any reason. This one, again, we, we still say this one should be obvious at this point, but I know you get calls about this all the time at the firm. Still, surprisingly, that you cannot be let go for any reason related to pregnancy or a parental leave overall. Hard to believe they yes. still do that, but, you know, there you go. It really is. And I am, I'm always surprised when someone comes to me with, with, uh, because they've been let go for either, sometimes even for asking to take or asking questions about the company's pregnancy or parental leave. So this is a major, major faux pas for employers. And I'm, I'm shocked that they still go there. But you absolutely have a statutory right to take a pregnancy or parental leave. Um, and your employer cannot terminate you for any reason related to it. So it's not only for taking a parental leave. Um, they can't let you go for um, asking questions about a parental leave or a pregnancy leave for being eligible to take a parental leave or pregnancy leave. I had someone come to me the other week who um, he had just advised his employer that his partner was pregnant and that, you know, he was very excited that he was going to be, uh, he was going to be a parent and uh, he was let go because his employer likely realized, uh oh, he's going to want to take a parental leave and we don't want to have to go through all of the exercise exercises of hiring a temporary replacement to cover that leave. So if you've been terminated for any of those reasons, it's very, very crucial that you speak with an employment lawyer, even if your severance, if even if you think your severance package uh, has been generous, that's because often um, you're entitled to not only are you entitled to a proper severance package, but if you've been terminated for any, you know, for taking, for even asking questions about a parental leave or pregnancy leave, you're likely entitled to additional damages, like a human human rights damages, and possibly even reinstatement into your previous position. So there's a lot of options available to you, and and you should sh- certainly be speaking with someone to to go over that. Quick break. Back into more. Maybe a couple of emails. We'll slide those in there with our remaining time. Bring it on, and we'll continue right here on the Employment Law Show. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. All right, we're back at it. A few minutes to go. Our good pal Mackenzie Irwin, courtesy Sanfiru to Mark and LLP, is here answering all of your questions. You can reach out anytime, 1-855-821-5900 to the uh, most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Give it a shot. Get some answers. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Will work as well. Paula, thank you for hanging on through the break. Uh, you have a question today? Go ahead. I do. Um, so I've been working for this uh, company for over nine years. And uh, they decided that they were going to give us all new contracts. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, I already had previously signed a contract nine years ago. It's almost the same, except they rewarded a couple of things. But they did add on a new company, a new corporation. Now, it doesn't state there that I keep my seniority. And I'm a little bit concerned about this. So and they also sorry they no, also refused they also refused to give me a copy of the contract. Oh. That is very bizarre, Paula. Um, oh, yeah. So so certainly you're entitled to have a copy of the contract. 
and have it reviewed by an employment lawyer before you sign it. So you should absolutely be asking for them to give you a, a, a written copy that you can take and you can even tell them, I'd, I'd like to get this reviewed by an employment lawyer. Please uh, provide me with a written copy before I sign anything. Um, first and foremost, uh, you, do, you never have an obligation to sign a new contract if you've already been working there. So you certainly don't need, they can't force you to sign this new contract, but um, certainly you should be getting a copy of it and having it reviewed. In terms of the uh, new company added on, has your company been sold or what was the reasoning that they provided for, for adding on that new company? That's the thing. That's the weird part. Uh, I, I don't understand. I know that they open a new uh, office. Uh, so I'm dental. So they open a new office. Now there's a new cooperation added into this contract. Okay. And I'm like, which, com which corporation do I follow under? Are they going to put me under the new one and then I lose all my benefits, all my rights? Paula, this seems, I mean, I, I, it seems like we need to get into a lot more details than what we can do for you on the air. Mm -hmm. You should absolutely call our office and schedule a time for us to, okay. to discuss it. Um, okay. and, and you should certainly be, they, they absolutely need to give you a copy of the contract before you sign it. So if your employer, if you, you, what I would suggest you do now is you ask them for uh, a written copy. If they refuse yeah. to give you a written copy, then, you know, no problem, Paula. You don't need to sign anything. Then you say, great, that's fine. I just like to continue working um, as I have been for the past nine years. Um, and, and, and they can't force you to sign anything, especially if they're not giving you a copy to have uh, to take home and, and review on your own time. So even though they, they gave me until January 24th to review this, sign it, or they would terminate me. So if that's what they've told you, that's a very interesting tactic um, yeah. because you can't sign anything that you don't have in front of that. You know, you don't haven't been had a chance to take take home review, you know, maybe discuss with your family. Those are all things yeah. that you're absolutely entitled to do, especially if your employer is asking you to sign a new contract in the middle of your employment. So it's it's. Uh, if, if your employer is asking you to do that, that should be that should absolutely be a very big red flag that you should yeah. that you should speak with an employment lawyer and have that contract reviewed by an employment lawyer before you sign it, because likely I, I'm you know, I I'd, I'd, I'd bet a, a lot of money on it that the new contract is trying to limit your rights uh, in a way that's obviously favorable to the employer. And so there that's are steps, good. you know, you have rights, you you don't need to sign, no employer can force you to sign a new contract. And so depending on the language that's in there, it's likely that you could be giving up a large amount of severance. You've been there for nine years. Um, right. It could be a matter of you of you uh, limiting your, your severance to eight weeks versus mm -hmm. up to 12 months of pay. Okay. So that certainly- That was what I was concerned. Yeah, Paulus, absolutely. You should be requesting that you get that, that copy of that contract and then and then scheduling yeah. an appointment with us to have it reviewed. Sounds good. I will do that. I will give your office a call to book sometime. Wonderful. Awesome. Appreciate that, Paula. Thank you so much for taking the time. That's why we encourage you to call in and take a couple minutes to get some clarity. Paula, that number, and for you as well, one 855 
5900. Let's get to uh, Faye in the last couple minutes of the show. Faye, it's uh, it's your time. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you both? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, I'm just going to ask a question. I don't know if it just pertains to the subject we're talking about today, but I was working with a company, well, I still am, for, I'd say, approximately 14, 15 years. I was part-time, then I got put on temporary full-time. But I had an injury, um, so now I'm not working. I'm trying. It took my employer, I, my last day of work was July 14th of this year, and I'm still off work. My employer took them about maybe two and a half to three weeks to send out my record of employment in order for me to collect UI, EI. sorry. And when I was called doing my paperwork for EI, uh, the lady had told me that the money would come in for my EI. I still haven't received any money in my account. Um, my doctor had advised them to put me on short-term disability. When I phoned my employer, they told me because I was temporary full-time, now put down to part-time, I'm not qualified for short-term disability. Plus, I'm not getting my money from EI. And I think it only lasts for maybe 14, 15 weeks, the EI. What do I do? What are my, what, what are my options after this? So, Faye, you're absolutely entitled to either EI or your disability benefits. So I'm not sure exactly what your disability uh, benefit, that's a contract that you have between yourself and the insurer. If that contract says that you're not a, a, you know, uh, being a temporary full-time employee, you're not uh, entitled to those benefits, that may be the case, but it's certainly something that I think you need to get reviewed by uh, one of our lawyers at the in our in our disability group because either you're entitled to your disability benefits or you're entitled to EI and so Mm -hmm. you're absolutely there's some form of recourse and I would really strongly recommend that you call us and and we can help you sort that out appreciate that final call Faye and thank you for uh, for hanging out with us today as well you want to reach out to Mackenzie now that we are done it is 1-855-821-5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and the website always pocketemploymentlawyer.ca catch you next time in the employment law show the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of chorus entertainment